AJ Hogarth declares for the NBA draft in secrecy. How do we feel about the whole situation and what could it mean should he actually leave Michigan State? Also, hey, where are our Michigan State football Spartans going to be drafted in this NFL draft? We go through a few mock drafts for that one. And then, hmm, what freshman will see the field this upcoming fall? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for ending your week with us here at Locked on Spartans. Your team in green and white, five days a week. If you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Or, hey, if you're on Twitter like I am, Sheehan underscore sports is where to find me to ask any questions, to yell at me, to, oh my God, maybe even agree with me. No, don't be that ridiculous. Let's get into the show here. Uh, This happened a few days ago, so thank you very much for your patience in getting to this news of A.J. Hogard declaring for the NBA draft. Uh, A few reasons it took us a few days. One, well, we had that full-on NFL draft show yesterday going through with Tyler Fornis. He's an NFL draft guru. He broke it all down with our Michigan State Spartans, so had to have that for the draft. And then the second reason we didn't jump on this immediately is, well, I, quite frankly, I think you know what I'm going to say about the situation. We're going to be echoing a lot of the sentiment that we had, well, when Jaden Akins declared that, here we go again, here we go. This is going to be your 80th time hearing this probably, but <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, of course he went to the NBA draft because since 2016, when the rule change that you can declare for the NBA draft, get some feedback by the scouts and learn what you have to work on, you can maintain your college eligibility. It would be foolish to be, let's say, a junior like uh, A.J. Hogarth is, or even a sophomore that's as talented as Jaden Akins to have NBA aspirations one day. It would be foolish to not put your name in the NBA draft. And here's some feedback from the scouts, from people that know what they're talking about, on what you need to work on your next year or next two years in college so you can one day be an NBA player. I think a lot of us get that now, but... God, I'd hop on Facebook like an hour after it leaks that A.J. Hogarth declared for the draft. And uh, like, oh my God, he's not an NBA player. What is he doing with his career? It's like, you don't think A.J. is an NBA player? Okay, do you know who else probably thinks that too? Probably A.J. Hogarth himself realizes that he's not an NBA player just yet. He's not anywhere close to any NBA mock draft boards. Now, of course... It, I'm going to stop myself here. Nothing is certain, especially in the world of college basketball. But yeah, it would be a stunner, I think, if he stays in the NBA draft, especially, you know, with NIL money being what it is right now. Maybe a few years ago, you'll have a guy leave, even though it might not mean an NBA career, because, hey, G League career, still make money there. Going overseas, still make a good chunk of change over there. But with NIL being what it is today in college, I mean, I that's even less allure to go out and stick your neck out into the professional basketball world. So now that does not end the conversation on AJ Hogarth because it it, it was an unusual circumstance of how we all found this out. Last Sunday at midnight was the deadline to declare for the NBA draft and it leaks, what was it, sometime on Tuesday that, hey, the NBA just sent out their full list of guys that have entered the draft and there's AJ Hogarth on here. Huh, that's weird. He didn't have a statement 
Izzo didn't have a statement, and I truthfully didn't think much of it until uh, I listened to a short clip with two friends of the podcast. They're both of Sleepers Media, Greg Waddell, and then Carter Elliott. You guys know both of those guys, hopefully. They've been on the show a handful of times, but... Greg Waddell, who is a Michigan fan, but I don't think he was trying to stir the pot here much. He brought up that, like, this doesn't seem weird to you guys that he just went to the NBA draft and nothing was said. And quite frankly, no, I mean, I, I didn't think much of it until Greg explained his side. He's like, this is really good publicity for the school. Anytime a kid declares for the NBA draft and they just didn't do any of that. Are we sure there's not like a rift going on? Are we sure we didn't do it behind the back? And so I just want to throw that out there. I mean, that that is a school of thinking that you may have, especially maybe some people outside of East Lansing. But I still think um, that, no, I think that not everything needs a statement and not everything necessarily gets a statement too. At Michigan State, it is rare for it to happen. I mean, let's not get it twisted. It is unusual that there was no statement, but I remember when Foster Lawyer left Michigan State, and I don't think there was ever a statement from Tom Izzo, you know, like there was after, you know, Thomas Kithier transferred in that same cycle. So I don't know whose decision it is. I don't know if it's Izzo's decision. I don't know if it's the player's decision, Governor Gretchen Whitmer's decision. I, I don't know whose decision it is to have a statement or not, but sometimes things don't get a statement, and this is how I read the situation. It was like more of a Hey, let's not make a big deal out of it. Um, you're probably going to be coming back. This is just an educational experience for you to have in front of these NBA scouts. So let's just do this quietly. And that may have been a little foolish because, of course, this wasn't going to go completely under the radar. But again, that's how I read the situation. But yeah, when when I heard that other example, I didn't think that, oh my God, that's crazy. What is he's trolling like? I, there could be some credence to that. I don't. I don't know. So we're just trying to open up everyone's minds to all ideologies of what happened amongst the silent commitment to the NBA draft. But hey, you know what? AJ Hogarth came out with a statement. Uh, again, you know, pretty long. I'm not going to go through it all. He writes first and foremost. I would like to thank God for this opportunity. Also, my family for unwavering support. I've had an amazing experience at Michigan State, and coming here has been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Now, when I first read that, my heart did drop a little bit because it's like, oh my God, I've had an amazing experience at Michigan State and coming here has been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Oh my God, he's speaking in past tense, but I mean, and then I read it again like a normal person and look, you read Jaden Aiken's statement, I, I think it's pretty unusual for you know how you know, pro MSU and pro coming back that statement read, whereas AJ Hogarth is more of just the cookie cutter, hey, I'm going to the draft and maintaining my college eligibility format. I mean, if it's like he typed this in Word and that little paperclip popped up and said, hey, it looks like you're writing an NBA draft announcement, but maintaining college eligibility, like this just is every single statement because you read it again. Like I've had an amazing experience here at Michigan State. Like, I don't know, like you're talking to someone on day four of a six day vacation and you're saying like, hey, I've had an amazing time here. You still got time left on the clock, so no. I mean, if anyone read that statement the way I did the first time, just want to just hopefully clear your minds. Um, again, hey, you know what though? Let's talk about the circumstance. Uh, if we just jinx something to oblivion and AJ Hogarth does end up leaving, does stay in the NBA draft because that is a possibility. I mean, that is undoubtedly a possibility now, a small one, albeit. But hey, you know what? Let's talk about what happens if he did leave. Now, we're going to reference BartTorvik.com. That's right. They balance out defensive efficiencies, offensive efficiencies for all the teams in the nation. Compile it together. And right now, Michigan State, number four 
in the nation. This is great. Now, why we reference BartTorvik.com is because they have this fun little tool where you can take away players on your team and see where you stack up even without that player. If you take A.J. Hogard out of Michigan State's roster, they slip from 4th in the nation to 10th in the country. Not fun. They dip a little bit, adjust offensive efficiency, and they dip a little bit defensive defensive efficiency as well. And that shouldn't be too big of a shock that you would go from four to ten. Uh, AJ Hogard is the third has the third best assisted turnover ratio amongst returning Big Ten players. Just Rutgers Paul Mulcahy and then Minnesota's Taylon Cooper had better assisted turnover ratios amongst guys that are returning next year. Also, we've seen AJ Hogard have some big games. All right, twenty two points in the home game against Indiana, twenty three in the senior day game against Ohio State and then 25 points against Kansas State as well. Also, hey, even when he wasn't scoring down the stretch, how about that 14 assist game at Nebraska? All right, not too shabby. So let's say, uh, just for the sake of conversation, let's say that Jaden Akins also stays. Well, we're just on the topic of conversation of kids leaving. Actually, Bart Torvik tells you that it would be more detrimental for Hogarth to leave than it would Akins to leave because, okay, right now, Michigan State fourth best team in the country. You take away Jaden Akins and just Jaden Akins, they fall down to seventh. All right, so still single-digit ranking, not that bad, but let's just go for it, right? The doomsday scenario. Let's just say A.J. Hogard leaves. Let's say Jaden Akins says, yeah, you know what? I'm going to leave too. Okay, that's the doomsday scenario. MSU would go from fourth in the country to 12th in the country, so still a top 15 team. All right, behind Hogard, you'd still have a McDonald's All-American and Jeremy Fears. Trey Holloman as well has some solid run last year. And, well, also at the three, should Aikens leave, you got a pretty talented crop of freshmen coming in as well. So we don't quite, you know, bluntly, hey, it'd be great for them to chase their dreams. With that said, we don't want them to leave right now, but... If they were to, the plan B behind these kids is a lot better than it would be at a lot of other programs. So that is the basketball talk. Again, these guys are going to have until the last day of May to decide whether they want to come back or not. So we got some time before an announcement is made. We are going to switch it up to the football field in a hot second. But first, hey, are you looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar, all the carbs, all the calories? And folks, you need to be, you, oh my God, if I could talk. You need to be tasting the best protein bar ever. You got to try Built Bar. Gang, you've heard me say it up and down as long as you've been listening to this podcast. They treat you in three special ways. One, your taste buds, right? Wrapped in 100% dark chocolate. They are soft. They are chewy. The second way, they're going to be so good on the body. Low in calories, just 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, but yet a whopping 17 grams of protein in most of these Built Bars. You're not going to feel bogged down or jittery off all the sugar when you go into your workout. You're going to be feeling great. And the third way they take care of you is with convenience. Hey, if you're out and about, if you're at Sam's Club, if you're at Walmart, or hey, if you're just on the wonderful internet, go to Built.com, stock up on your Built Bars, your Built Puffs, or any of the Built products. That's right, B-U-I-L-T.com. They will take care of you. So what are you waiting for? Head to Built.com to stock up on those Built Bars. And let's get back into the mix here. Uh, full transparency, we are recording Thursday uh, late afternoon, so before the draft. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say Michigan State did not have a kid go into the first round. Uh, hey, if, um, that's just another thing that we jinxed. If Jaden Reed or Bryce Berenger did sneak into that first round, then, well, 
That's that's fine by me. Uh, that would break uh, a seven draft uh, drought of Michigan State having a first round pick. The last first round pick out of Michigan State, of course, Jack Conklin going to the Tennessee Titans in the top ten in the 2016 draft. So beyond that, uh, hey, if you listen to yesterday's episode with Tyler Fornis, he gave a lot of great detailed insight on the prospects out of East Lansing. All right, so if you missed that show. Go back to yesterday's show if you want to hear more about Jaden Reed, Bryce Beringer, Jacob Slate as well. He hit on pretty hard. So, But here's just the nitty-gritty, the, the quick ones, because I went through. I looked at six mock drafts to see where our Spartans were. And there were, uh, let's see here, there were five Spartans named. There were five Spartans named in these mock drafts. Now, only one player was named in all six mock drafts. You can probably figure out who that was. That was Jaden Reed. So let's go through it right now. The Athletic had him as the highest amongst their mock drafts. Uh, Dane Brugler heads that up. I mean, if you want a sensational mind in the world of draft coverage, that's probably who you go to. Uh, so the Athletic has him as 93 to Carolina. Okay, that's for the third round. Sporting News has Jaden Reed going 101 to the 49ers, also in the third round. And then the other four mock drafts, uh, these are fourth-round picks. NFL.com, 110 to the Falcons. CBS, 123 to the Seahawks. Walter Football, 131 to the Bengals, which that'd be a lot of fun. Have Joe Burrow sling the rock to him. And then Pro Football Focus, 133 to the Bears. So the consensus is that, hey, he might be able to slip into this third round here on Friday, but the consensus is that, well, the fourth round is going to be the most likely spot for him. Now, like I said, we got four other Spartans that were on mock drafts that I looked at. We'll start with Bryce Berenger. The Athletic has him at 191. That's a round six pick to the Rams. And then Sporting News, 213 to the Cardinals. That is also a sixth round pick, but I mean, when you read and look around and listen to what a lot of people are saying about the punter position, which for the punter position, you do have to dig a little deeper to find any coverage on it. But when you do find it, you find that Bryce Berenger is the number one guy uh, amongst punters. So, yes, if there is a punter to go, I would be shocked if he's not the number one guy. But then again, I said he'd be shocked if he didn't win the Ray Guy Award and... We saw how that one worked out. Uh, the other three Spartans, Xavier Henderson actually got into CBS's mock draft at 247. That is a late seventh round pick to the 49ers. Uh, Jacob Slade appeared in two mock drafts. Uh, Pro Football Focus has him going 153 to the Bucks, which is actually a fifth round pick, which would be pretty high for a guy that wasn't uh, invited to the NFL Combine. And then CBS also showed some Spartan love some more. He has him, or they have him at 241 to the Steelers. That's a seventh round pick. And the last guy, Ben Van Sumeren, slated as a late seventh round pick to the 49ers. How about that? Um, look, if you've been following the draft at all, especially with our Michigan State Spartans, you've heard some chatter on Ben Van Sumeren for a very good reason. Uh, okay, let's just talk about the numbers right here. At the pro day, all right, which is different than the Combine. The Combine was an NFL invite. The Pro Day is at each individual campus, As uh, if you don't know. Ben Van Sumeren, in some of these drills that they run, okay, like the 42.5-inch vertical and the 10-foot-11-inch broad jump, that would have been numero uno amongst linebackers at the NFL Combine. All right, his 29 bench reps and his 4.4040 would have been second fastest amongst linebackers at the NFL Combine. So if you're wondering where all this love is coming from, from Ben Van Sumeren, who was he fine here at Michigan State? You know, he had some good moments here, but again, not like a Big Ten honoree, an all Big Ten honoree. 
it's because his metrics, his numbers, oh, like pop off the page. Like a 4.4040, like we're talking Nolan Smith numbers right here for all these. So there's going to be a coaching staff out there. There's going to be a front office out there that sees all that and thinks to themselves, yeah, this is this is the horse that we are going to break. Uh, we are going to turn him into the stud NFL player, whether that's at linebacker, whether that's a special team player, whatever it is. When you have a slate of numbers like that for Ben Van Sumeren, well, that, that's what's going to stick out to you here. So, yeah, keep it tuned uh, on Saturday for most of these guys. Friday, especially for Jaden Reed. Um, I got a hard time believing Bryce Barringer slips into the third round. And um, Fridays are for second and third round. And then, well, Sundays is round four, five, six, seven. So that's why uh, we say that. Uh, moving on to more football news. This is uh, somewhat maybe kind of sort of exciting. Depends how much stock you put into this. But, hey, the spring transfer portal window is wide open. And Michigan State had a visitor on campus. And he is by way of Tuscaloosa after originally starting out at Louisville. Yes, I am talking about wide receiver Tyler Harrell. All right, right, wide receiver Tyler Harrell. Like I said, he was at Alabama last season. But he only played 33 snaps. All right, this wide receiver just had two catches. He was... Riddled with injuries last season. Didn't get to play until halfway through the season. And by the time the Sugar Bowl rolled around, uh, he was in a walking boot again. So he was played with injuries last season. But, hey, his second year at Louisville showed out pretty good. All right, he had north of 500 receiving yards. He had six touchdowns. So as far as spring transfer portal guys go, this would be a really solid pickup. Um, Again, right now we are recording at about 5.30 on Thursday. Nothing uh, has happened as of yet, but hey, let's say that late Thursday something happens, early Friday something happens, and he commits to one of the you know handful of spots Michigan State has on their roster as far as scholarship goes. Then I gotta say, like th- this would be as good of a sprained portal pickup as you can get. Um, we've talked about this time and time again, especially after spring practice, that this second portal window opening. You're not going to get a lot here. You know, the, the the sexier portal time is in the fall. You know, that's where you can get some guys that are instant impact guys. The spring is more so of guys that realize that they're kind of low on the depth chart at where they're at. They want to go elsewhere, find greener pastures, maybe get on a two deep somewhere. You're not going to find a lot of starters in the spring transfer portal window. Or are you? I mean, look, there is an opening for that third wide receiver role. It is Montori Foster right now, or Christian Fitzpatrick, or Tyrell Henry. Like, there are some good options there, but MSU could use some speed, some straight-line speed for that third receiver role. I mean, look, Keon Coleman, he is who he is. Like, he is an athletic freak. He's great, right? We don't have to worry about him. Um, Trey Mosley, Mr. Reliable, but man, if you could just get a third guy that could take a top off the defense, and that is what Tyler Harrell is known for when healthy, that's really hard to look at and say like, oh yeah, they didn't win the spring portal transfer window. So yeah, that would be a small victory. Again, I, I don't want to you know go overboard and start popping champagne and saying like, oh my God, this is even better than Jaden Reed. This is incredible. But like, no, as far as spring transfer portal guys go, Yeah, a a guy that does have top-line speed, a guy that was at Alabama, but albeit riddled with injuries, it's it's as good as you can do probably in this window. So keep it tuned there. Tyler Harrell, that's another name. Uh, Alante Brown was another name out of Nebraska that popped up not too long ago. Michigan State gave him an offer, and his Power 5 offer sheet, 
not that high for the former four-star recruits. So yeah, Elante Brown and the Tyler Harrell, those are the two names that we know that MSU has interest in with the portal. And uh, just keep your eye on, too, with A.J. Henning. He was uh, a Michigan transfer guy, uh, another guy with good, solid, straight-line speed. So I, I don't know MSU's interest, but when he left Michigan, hmm, kind of uh, arched an eyebrow a little bit at that and seemed like, I wonder if they're going to throw a, a line at, he, at him and see if he bites. Um, really quick, before getting into a mailbag question here, we do have some recruiting news. Um, Four-star tight end legacy uh, recruit Dylan Messman. That's right. Uh, you know, he has a family lineage that went to Michigan State here. He is going to announce his commitment on Friday between the final five schools of Kentucky, Louisville, Ole Miss, Auburn, and, well, you guessed it, your Michigan State Spartans. Uh, he is out of Saline High School. The four-star kid is a six-foot-five tight end. And in the top 400 per the 24-7 sports composite, from what I hear, uh, maybe not get your hopes up, so... There you go. Uh, just uh, missing out on four-star legacy kids. Uh, he might be going down to the Cardinals uh, down at Louisville. Uh, but, hey, you know what? Keep it tuned to Dylan Messman's announcement here. But uh, also just get ready to be maybe a little sad on your Friday here. I'm sure recruiting will pick up, right? Surely it won't be this barren the entire offseason. All right, let's get to a mailbag question here. Let's try to turn around the tide here. And this one comes... From a very, very special place. Like, you know, obviously, when you go into the YouTube metrics or the podcast metrics, a lot of these uh, listeners, a lot of you fine viewers are from Michigan, some Chicago. This one comes in from, that's right, Syria. AJ writes in from Syria. He writes at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Just want to say I appreciate you coming out with content every day of the week. I'm currently deployed in Syria, and my favorite part of the day is listening to you about our Spartans. Thank you so much, A, for your service, first and foremost. I really do appreciate all the troops that listen. Um, if there are any more out there, thank you very much. And then, uh, second of all, thanks for the kind words. Really do appreciate that. And he comes in with this question that's probably on a lot of people's minds. He has a mailbag question. Which true freshman do you think will get playing time this next season, and why will it be by Job. That's right, by Job, top 100 defensive end edge rusher out of Oklahoma, and that's uh, that's the easy answer. It, it's by Job, of course, um, early enrollee, already getting some reps against college competition, and from what I've been hearing, the whispers out of Scandalaris are pretty good, are pretty good. Now, with that said, he is going to have to break through some depth here, right? I mean, you have Chris Bogle, you have Tumasi Adelaide, you have Avery Dunn, you have Zion Young, and hey, remember Ken Talley? That's right, the former four-star recruit that transferred here from Penn State. What are they even going to do with him? Is he going to be an edge rusher? Will he be an inside guy? I doubt that. I think he's a little undersized for that. But yeah, by job does have competition on that depth chart. But man, from raw athletic ability... I would not be shocked to see him get some serious reps here in the month of September. And he's not going to be our only answer, though, because uh, Andrew DePape, another rangy kid, highly rated four-star kid out of Iowa. I, I think that he's going to be showing something special here, too. He is another early enrollee, just like Jordan Hall is. We talked up and down about Jordan Hall after the open spring practice because you're watching at Spartan Stadium or you're watching at Big Ten Network and you're seeing this guy that looks like he's a junior in college and he's wearing number five and you're wondering... Who on earth is that kid? Oh my God, it's a true freshman Jordan Hall. Like That's a kid that just looks the part. I mean, he is built like a college linebacker, already played and was a captain for multiple years at IMG Academy in Florida. And also, not only you know is his body ready, it looks like, but 
there is a little a bit of thinness here in the linebacker department. You have Jacoby Winman, you have Cal Halliday, and then Aaron Brule, Ma'anao Teote, Quavion Carter perhaps, and Darius Snow, once he's healthy, what do you do with him? Do you bump him out to nickel? Is he going to be that linebacker again? But... Again, it might not be as steep of a climb up to get linebacker reps as it would be, say, he was a defensive end, for example. So Jordan Hall I can see on the field. Chance Rucker, Lord knows uh, we could use any help in the cornerback position. Yes, they showed good things at the end of last year, and we're trending in the right direction, but I'm going to need to see it early in the season to truly believe it. And also, I've been hearing some solid things about Chance Rucker, as well as Cole Dellinger. Yes, there is about 48 healthy offensive linemen uh, going into next season, but Cole Dellinger, another early enrollee. This is a kid that has been, you know, impressing people early at camp here. And then last but not least, and this I'm taking a flyer on this one. I'm not backing down from this take. I'm going to go all the way out to Cali and name Jalen Barberin as a kid that can maybe see the field early as a freshman. And I think some circumstances will have to happen. I think maybe, let's say, Tyrell Henry... Um, Maybe goes down with injury or just isn't doing well in the return game, even though I thought he did really well last year. Let's say that they want to go a different way in the return game by October or something like that. Maybe it is Jalen Barberin because Jalen Barberin wasn't just one of the fastest kids for his position, not just one of the fastest kids in football, but like point blank, one of the fastest kids in the nation, period. Um have him return some kickoffs, maybe, perhaps. Again, that's that's kind of a long shot here for freshmen, but uh, hey, we're feeling ourselves. It's a Friday episode, so yeah, uh, I'm going to give you Jalen Barberin as well, maybe. I could be way off on that one, but uh, I see the vision of this kid's speed down the field. So there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for the email. AJ Hope all is well over there, and thank you so much, everyone else, for watching, for listening. You guys are truly the best. We will be back. We'll update you guys on where all the Spartans went in the NFL draft, and hey, again, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Now, more importantly, go enjoy the rest of your weekend. You guys have all deserved it. Love you all. Go Green.